0: what up mountain athletes corey here i want to tell you about an exciting new service that's now available to the podcast listeners it's called the mountain wellness dispensary mike and i know how hard it is to navigate the supplement world to know if you're taking the right ones sometimes you question if you're just wasting your money so we make it easy for you all you got to do is head over to our website at mountainwellness.life click on the dispensary tab and set up a personal profile Once your profile is set up, you'll be able to browse all of the recommended supplements you hear about on the podcast, and you'll be able to browse many other products trusted by practitioners, physicians, and human performance coaches in our space. Again, head over to our website at mountainwellness.life, click on the dispensary tab, and you'll be on your way to shopping the top health and performance supplements in the industry.
1: Mountain Wellness, optimizing human performance to extend longevity for mountain athletes.
0: what up mountain athletes welcome to another episode of the mountain wellness podcast i'm your host Corey reed and i'm joined as always with my mountain brother mr mike Mahina. what's going on my dude uh, california the big momo <laughs> <laughs> big, Love <that> big, <laughs> big momo big sky country i like that big momo Dude, it's cold in Big Momo right now. I know. You were telling me about those temperatures down below zero. That's just heavy. I I just looked at the temperature right before we went live, and it's uh, minus eight degrees. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I I think some places it was getting down into like negative 20, some places in Montana, a little bit further north. We're down in the kind of southwest corner, a little bit further down. Which is nice,
1: man- cold training's all around you then, yeah, and you <laughs> the yeah. Window, stick your
0: head outside, <laughs> and you know how much I love uh cold training, so I'd rather just put myself in the environment uh to have the exposure rather than putting myself in an ice tub
1: <laughs> well, so far, dude, you've got you turned me into a coffee snob years ago, remember when that when uh I started you started doing bulletproof. And you, I just, you used to, you know, you get your special coffee, you'd grind it up. And I'm like, man, he's going through a lot of work for that cup of coffee. And now, yeah. dude, <laughs> it's like, I'm totally out of control with my, I got like 10 different ingredients and all the stuff I stick in there. It's so funny. But now with the infrared sauna, I'm like, oh, I don't know, man. The heat just sounds better than the cold. So it's like my tub's sitting out there and I'm like, I got to get in there. But man, it's like, if you want to choose between cold or heat, it's really easy to choose heat. <laughs>
0: Dude, no doubt. Okay, I want to like you. You brought up two interesting things before we jump into the topic yeah. for today, which is going to be uh, knee. Basically, addressing knee stuff for skiers. I've been seeing a lot of awesome skiers and athletes coming in with knee pain, so we're going to talk about that. But beforehand, I want to I want to talk about your, the the coffee because I know for a fact we got a lot of coffee lovers on the show and probably a lot of coffee yeah. snobs. So what what are you drinking? These days, Mike.
1: You know, for a long time I was drinking the longevity coffee. Uh de- I have to drink decaf because I get a little jittery if I have two or three cups. And so I, anyways, I just gave up. I went into <laughs> decaf. So but I I I put a lot of stuff. I have some organic chocolate, like cocoa. It's like superfood cocoa stuff. So so if I want it to be chocolatey, I have that. And then I have the Laird Hamilton creamer and uh Sometimes I'll throw cinnamon in there, butter, coconut. So there's, you know, it's 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 a pile of stuff. But it, uh, you know, what the thing is though, my the difference between you and me is mine doesn't taste like coffee at the end. I don't know what it is, but it's like this <laughs> chocolatey, creamy latte with I think a hint of coffee in there. And yours, but you always precisely measure yours to get that. Like there, you know, you have a way of making it, and I can drink it that way too.
0: Yeah, well the difference is Kayla's like you. She likes the the chocolate. She likes a mocha. Um so when you do it that way, you know, you just got you got to put your focus on the actual chocolate flavor. And there's a number of ways you can do that. Um I think when we started it's... out we just used the chocolate stevia, which I think is so gross. I'm not a fan of stevia. Um Really? See, I I know a lot of people are not. I can do it and,
1: it, and I'm works with, for me, but I know a lot of people don't, you know, it's, everybody's super sensitive to the different kinds of sugar, like alcohols and all that stuff.
0: Yep. And I, I, I'm definitely sensitive to the sugar alcohols, but I'd like monk fruit if I'm for the ah, natural yeah, sweeteners, so. the monk fruit is probably the best. So anyways, like putting a focus on the chocolate flavor with Kayla, I think, or, you know, just like making a good cup of coffee, um, with that chocolate flavor, I find that uh, collagen is the best like chocolate collagen. And uh, mm. the reason being, I think it's so gross when now when people say, Oh, I put whey protein in my coffee. I'm like, gross, nasty. <laughs> Cause whey protein thickens up where the, uh, the collagen mix is nice. It doesn't thick. Like it doesn't matter if you mix it with water, coffee, does it get like, chunky? Om- it, but, it doesn't. Yeah. yeah. It's just like stays thin. So anyways, um, I'm still a big fan of Bulletproof. Um, they have a great hydrolyzed collagen protein. It reminds me of like the the good old days of remember the the chocolate Nesquik powder when you were a kid. You put like four tablespoons in a glass of milk. Yeah did <laughs> did you do you that? <laughs> quick, what was it? Quick, we used to drink quick. Yeah, and, Nesquik uh, know, something and something else. Yep. And then the the other Hershey squeeze bottle. Like it, yeah. you either had yep. the powder. Or the yep. Each so a tin can, yeah. So then, for me with coffee, I like the co- you know, the the actual flavor of coffee. So, uh, you're right. I I'm very particular on the the amount that goes in. So, I just used a, a, a one tablespoon of grass fed butter. Mostly, just stick to Kerrygold because it's easy. You can pick it up at mm-hmm. pick it up at Costco, which you can't go wrong there, right? Um, and it tastes it amazing.
1: Bolt. I've put Kerrygold up against a bunch of the b- butters from France and stuff, and I mean, it holds up really well.
0: No doubt. And I want to throw this out here because this is a new find. Um, so at our Costco, they started, Kirkland has a grass-fed butter now. And, oh. uh, yep, we, we bought it and we're trying it out. The only difference from, so I suspect that it's Kerrygold. So you know how Kirkland just partners basically with the best Oh, best gotcha. out there.
1: So because you it's, can tell by the taste. Because Kerrygold has a distinct, amazing taste.
0: Totally, and it it gets soft real quick. It has that like you know what I'm, that consistency, just yeah. like Kerrygold. It's in the same foil packaging and, and in the same box. However, it's just slightly. It's not. It's a little bit different shape. Like it's a little bit more flat than that square block. But anyway, it says like um, Kirkland Gold. <laughs> Kirk, yeah, Kirkland Grass Gold. <laughs> Kirkland Grass Gold, get your coffee on. So anyways, I throw a tablespoon of grass-fed butter in there and then I still use uh, caprylic acid. We can nerd out on another episode with that. But basically... Yeah, uh, i have to hear about that. MCT oil, um, but a very specific... Right. Um, one of the uh, very specific median chain triglycerides, C8. So I do a teaspoon of that and then you high-speed high blend that bad boy um, and you have the perfect cup of coffee. Like it's to the point where I have a hard time even when I go on vacation and stuff. It's like I'll go to the nice coffee shops, like the bougie, boutique coffee shops, and I still like an Americano uh, with some like heavy cream, but there's I still crave that, that grass fed butter and that MC2 oil at home. You yeah, know? you got Just me on the, the heavy flavors. cream
1: too. When I go into Starbucks, I'm on the heavy cream now. Everywhere I go, I'm like, you guys have heavy cream, <laughs> but uh. <laughs> But you know what's interesting in the the primary reason I made that change and then we can move on but from coffee is I I wanted to get rid of straight up sugar those those vanilla all those creamers that with the high sugar content I wanted to get rid of that and that, cuz then I'd go from that high sugar content syrup over to a piece of bread and it just you know you just start carving out the rest of the day
0: yeah it's you got it I mean we've talked about it on previous episodes with uh, you know, metabolic flexibility and all that good stuff. So the worst thing you can do is start off your day with heavy, uh, well, liquid carbs for that matter, straight shot That's to your worst, right? your uh liver and your bloodstream. So, anyways, on top of the caffeine, <laughs> so you're just I'm like not- you're flying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna take a sip of a coffee for for that. Right on. <laughs> all right, so. Let's dig into uh, the topic for today. Um, yeah, this is a great like, topic. Yeah, I mean it's you know we're in the middle of uh, winter. We're right in the middle of ski snowboard season, winter sports. Whether you're cross country skiing, um, I think we're going to focus more on downhill skiers today, from a recreational level all the way to let's say a professional level or even um one of my case studies I'm going to give you an example of today a ski patrol. Um mm. she's a she does ski ski patrol on our our local mountain. Um and then uh the other case study today is actually Melanie. I know I can talk about her. She's not going to she's not going to sue me for HIPAA laws. <laughs> but Melanie came in uh our yoga instructor and she's been dealing well she was dealing with some knee pain coming off a uh, day skiing with her family and she basically said i wasn't able to make it through the day because i've had some pretty uh, i just had some pretty bad knee pain and that is not like melanie she grew up skiing she's really active but over you know let's just say the last decade or so she hasn't been skiing on a frequent basis because of work and life and all that good stuff so um you know so so that was really surprising for her and then uh julie uh is a ski pat- uh, she does ski patrol at our local mountain here great divide and she was doing some off terrain off trail um out of bounds work and she ended up uh just making a wrong turn twisting her knee and blew out her mcl just like you know happened literally she's like Corey, i was just Riding, it was an amazing day. I was out there, and all of a sudden, it was like one one bad turn, or just kind of caught the some uneven terrain. And uh, she said she heard her, like she heard the pop. She said, it wasn't that painful, um, but she heard the pop. She fell down, kind of came to to rest, and was like, "Well, maybe it's not that bad." And went to stand up, and yeah, she's like, "There's no way it was like a, a wet I- noodle." Uh,
1: and I think that's common, I mean, from what I've read, is that, you know, skiers, oftentimes, they, they're they making sudden movements, and it's those sudden changes that's different than other sports, I'm sure there's some of them common, but those those quick, fast uh, changes in the, you know, in your direction and stuff on your knees, that's where you can possibly injure yourself, is what it sounds like. It's-
0: right, and I have an interesting perspective, because I don't ski, I I'd never, I actually skied once, and I'll, it's a funny story. Uh, <laughs> one time, skiers. it has to be <laughs> <laughs> right. And, <laughs> I did it's a one life. time. <laughs> <laughs> all the skiers are gonna laugh right now, but honestly, I I think I was like t- ten years old uh, up at the, my local mountain that I got you know started at, and I my 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 family put us in uh, my parents put me in like a ski class, and we were right, with a right. group of people, and all of a sudden he's like. Borders came through and one guy di- one guy did this like Ollie pop off thing over like where we were training and stuff or like trying to figure it out. And I just remember looking at those guys like, I wanna do that. That looks sick. <laughs> so it's way fun Needless that. to say, I switched over to snowboarding really quick after that experience. So whoever that was, thank you for uh busting out in front of us and kind of setting me on the right yeah, I think course. I
1: snow plowed and <laughs> I snow into a few a few trees <laughs> in my time. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, um but anyway, so my my experience is not from the actual doing of it. Uh snowboarding is a lot different because you're on mm. you're on one board and you're doing heel heel side toe side turns. Um so heel side turn you're facing down the mountain when you're toe side, you're facing, you know, your backside to the mountain. That's a lot different than Having two skis on, you know, two individual uh, legs that are separate, so there's a lot more stability, um, especially in the knees that you have to have with skiing. Um, And then I would imagine, right, right. I would imagine, yeah. Because like, but with that said, I I think I shared this with you, Mike, that you see with with snowboarding, you see a lot of um, wrist breaks, sprains, and stuff because. Rather than uh, you know twisting the knees up when you you're riding moguls or just getting on uneven terrain and, and you wad it up and leave a yard sale behind you, um, a lot of times that's a lot of impact on the knees or the twisting in the knees. With snowboarding, rather you catch your edge and um, you're either you know you, most of the time you're getting your hands out in front of you or behind you, so you're immediately landing right on your wrist. All that impact, all that weight. I broke, I fractured my wrist twice and, uh, sprained it multiple times to the point where I always rode with, um, wrist guards after that. So the injuries are much different. Um, it's, you know, still a joint, just a different one, but going back to skiing, it's that the, having two separate skis, you need a lot of hip stability and we need a lot of uh, stability in the knees to control those together. Um, So I'm not going to speak on the actual uh, mechanics of proper skiing, um, but let's just focus on, you know, what do we need to do? Uh, Well, one, we'll talk about Julie, um, the the, the ski patrol who blew out her knee and sort of like, what do you do when you blow out your knee since MCL tears or MCL injuries are the the number one ski injury um, and sort of like the course Mm -hmm. of treatment. And then also... With like Melanie, sort of, how do we, you know, what are some things that we can do, and what what's going on there? So with Julie, and remember, uh, yeah, uh,
1: Kurt Wedberg, our Everest, our guy who climbed the seven continents at Everest and everywhere, and he, and the one place that got him was the bunny slope where he blew out his knee, helping his kid, and it was it happened to do with the bindings. But I, I, I mean, I don't know all the details, but That's your bindings right. have to be set right.
0: That's correct. That's I'm glad Crazy. glad you brought that up because it, I think he was just going through the line, getting on the chairlift, and something wasn't set in his bindings the right way, and he wasn't able to to twist out of it or whatever it was. But basically, yeah. there's a lot of stress on the knee when you when you have skis on and you're in those those rigid boots. So, um, you know, we have someone like Julie, who's a top level skier. Um, she's you know, ski patrol, she's basically rescuing other skiers on the mountain that have that had a really bad day. (laughs) Um so that's like, you know, she's she's got this she's got skiing down. She's been doing it a long time. And that's where the injuries really come and bite you in the ass because you're just not expecting them from the skill set. Uh I remember in the early years, you know, you just don't have that confidence yet. You start to develop it, but you know, you you step it up on the terrain (laughs) And all of a sudden you're like, oh damn, you start questioning like, can I drop this? Can I, you know, like it's gonna hurt really bad if I send it on this jump or this rail, if I do go down. So there is a there is there's, mm. there's a, that confidence that you build, um, that can be, you know, I, I think that's why we see bigger injuries. Well, it is why we see more severe injuries with the professional athletes and um let's just say higher skill set athletes, recreational athletes even because they're riding tougher terrain and they're just they're uh their skill set. They've been doing it a long time. They're good good skiers. So But All it tells time. you though,
1: I mean if someone like that, like a ski patroller and these pros are, are getting injured, then <laughs> the rest of us are
0: vulnerable as well. I mean it, there's no one's no one's immune. Yep. So that's just the thing. It's you know, unfortunately it's just the nature of action sports that these things happen. Uh sure. but, you know, rather on focusing on what you can, necess- like what you can do from you know equipment-wise, bindings, boots. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff out there. I know that was snowboarding, uh, for example. I made the mistake of uh, when I was blind riding uh, a cambered board, which I should have been on like a really forgiving, like uh, banana-style board. I don't even know what they're calling them now. I've been out of the game for a while, but basically, um, when you're riding a camber board, there's no forgiveness. So. If you if you don't hold your line in, in the right way, if you're not on your edge, and you catch an edge, man, it's it's devastating. And uh, so, anyways, uh, equipment wise, make sure uh, you're in the right equipment for your skill level. I think that's mm. probably the best way to put it is make sure you you're not a uh, you know on master skis like professional skis when it's your first day out. Because there's a reason why. <laughs> um, so, but from a preventative standpoint, I think that's what is the most important. And when we look at the movement of skiing, um, there's a lot of lateral stability. And there's a lot of lateral, or I sh- what I should say, there's a lot of lateral stability that's needed, especially in the knees and hips. Mm-hmm. Um, because the nature of skiing is that side to side lateral movement. Um, and then think of even moguls, you know, it's like, you're like, boom, boom. It's almost like a a lateral jump in a way. At least that's how it looks. You know, when I saw it, um, I'm not, and it's not
1: a movement we would get in our daily lives, right? I mean, it's not a movement that we would, we, we really practice. You have to, you would have to train that because we just don't do it in our.
0: Exactly. And, and that's the thing. So, uh, let's just talk about ways that we can strengthen uh, basically our knees or get better stability. Uh, I, you know, I really, I've been breaking this down. Like I said, cause I've been seeing so many skiers lately at the recovery day right. and um, it, it's I jumping. So I think doing uh plyo, uh, plyo box jumps, doing lateral side-to-side jumps. Um, So, basically, you know, I'm talking about, Mike, like the... uh, So, if you were to stand basically just in that ready jump position, but rather than, say, jumping up on a plyo box, you're basically doing lateral jumps left to right as far as you can go. So, you jump left, left foot hits, and then you follow that right foot, kind of like lightly tap uh, right foot to left foot, which is planted, and then very controlled you know jump back from your left foot onto your right foot um that is like i can
1: see the and, value in that because it's fast movement it's 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 fast and you're trying to land and so you you know you I mean yeah i can see the value in that
0: right and, and i realized it's a, it's the rebound because you're putting a lot of like not only are you putting load um on the joints mm. when you're skiing so the ankles the knees the hips right and um Gosh, even uh ski poles, I'm sure sometimes that when you go down or you're really using those to stabilize. Um and, and I would imagine you're not supposed to do that, but sometimes it just happens when you, you know, catch your edge or you put that ski pole out. So, anyways, there's a lot of impact on the joints, but just the motion of skiing, let's just say riding moguls, uh, not only is there a load, but there's the the um that rebound, right? Because you load and then you have the tendons that are, that are basically storing that energy. Um, and then once you, um, once you un- unrelease or release that load, that energy, which would be the turn going back into the next mogul turn, that energy that's stored is now going to be released. So basically what I'm saying is the tendons, the patella tendon, all those, you know, all those tendons that, that go through the knee and even you know, ligaments as well, from ankle to knee, they have it, they take a lot of load. So we need to be doing things, um, you know, to, to basically strengthen uh, those ligaments and those tendons and those muscles in the same way that uh, you're, you're, you're going to see on the mountain skiing. So it's one thing to, which is really important to build a, a strong posterior chain as a skier, snowboarder, or any mountain athlete. So that's deadlifts, squats, um, basically, compound lifts, because that you know having a strong, strong hamstrings and glutes is a big part of it. But when we're talking about you know MCL tears, ACL, um, really severe knee pains, that's a lot of torsion. That's a lot of like t- just a lot of stress on that that joint in particular. Um, so trying to mimic that in the gym or in our training, doing things like plyo jumps. So. Uh, a, you know, for example, a, a professional skier or or a high level um, skier, I think plyo box jumps would be outstanding. So a twenty four inch box, that rebound of coming off the box. Now you want to be really mindful of because <clears throat> uh, we see we've seen it in CrossFit. You know, these athletes will will uh, rupture their Achilles tendon because they're mm. rebounding on like. You know, they jump off and they're basically loading one foot too much on the balls of their foot. So be really mindful. But uh, the point is, you got to like that, that rebound, that, that explosive, ballistic, fast twitch uh, jump up, land on the box, and then you're rebounding off and you're really being mindful of you know, your footwork and, and proper uh, just proper mechanics. But the stimulus on the muscles... Right. and the the stimulus on the muscles and that just that um uh, also- not just the muscles but the tendon that rebound i think is is a really good way to to strengthen your knees for something like skiing well,
1: and I have a question because I wrote this down when you first started talking about Melanie because I know she's a yoga instructor and and that she stretches and that she would be. You know, again, again, you know, we can all get injured in certain ways, but you're, we're talking here about right now about speed, about how fast, all these things happen in within seconds. And so even though she's stretches in, I guess, yoga, not being a speed uh, moment. So that, like you called it the fast twitch, I would imagine the, again, these exercises that you're talking about are more closer in line with the speed of what's happening, yep. uh, uh, you know, on the slopes. You're, I, you're 100%. And I the same thing for backpacking. Same yeah. thing with backpacking. It's like I do a lot of specific knee exercises, including the lateral, but, you know, backpacking downhill, I'm not moving that fast, not like a skier, not like someone moving where you've got to make decisions in a split second and hitting different bumps at different angles. I mean, I could see how complex that could get.
0: Yeah. And that's a, that's a great segue to compare the two. So um, Julie, high-level skier, ski patrol, uh, really active, I know she's um, she does a lot of fitness, swinging kettlebells, so she's very functional, like very functional uh, athlete as it as it relates to fitness. So she's got that strong posterior chain. So in, in her case, I think it's very specific on the prescribed uh, exercises, being like the jumping, like a lot of the ballistic, more explosive, fast twitch movements, because. She's got a strong posterior chain but the 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 terrain that she was riding in and the snow wasn't the best conditions um just that one you know one turn that just uh pushed the pressure a little bit too far and and boom that ACL went out so maybe we don't know um it's hard to say but maybe if she was doing you know regular box jumps and a lot of like accessory work around those ballistic sort of like jumping movements it uh maybe that that wouldn't have, you know, it would have been more of a strain than an actual tear. Uh, but we can right. speculate, but you know, but, but you and I know, <laughs>
1: you and I know from like doing climbing training in the gym and doing, tra- uh, when we were doing the climb and stuff, climbing indoors and just preparing for stuff. It's like, it's so different outdoors cause everything's different. Like yep. you don't get those controlled, uh, you don't get the controlled environment. You have, you're dealing with weather, you're dealing with multiple things. And, uh, yep. So yeah, for sure, what you're talking about would be the probably the best preparation you could do. But then there's the outdoor elements, and the you know who knows maybe there's a rock sticking up just a little bit under the snow. I mean, it's like anything and everything is out in the outdoors,
0: right? And if I was to compare that to say military special operators at the highest level, like that's they train for the worst case situations and scenarios, and they have this you know set of tactics um, that they can resort to. And, and part of that is their physical preparation, right? So at the highest level of professional sports skiing, or even recreational pursuits, like maybe you're not a sponsored skier, but you're still getting after it. And, you know, you're charging, you know, double blacks and shooting, you know, these gnarly runs, or maybe even doing, uh, jumping out of helicopters, doing hell skiing. Now, the, right. the physical preparation is so important because you you know for like with me for example like if I you know break my wrist snowboarding like I'm not doing massage and body work like I'm not actually working with clients doing body work so that's one part of my job that I can't do very effectively so if you do have right. these recreational pursuits at a high level I think that having a some sort of cross training program is is a, is essential like it's a must if you really want to right minimize the risk of injury or at least you know how long do you want to be out now in Melanie's case um and, and Melanie and I broke this down it is sort of the opposite she doesn't have this pursuit anymore of like you know tr- uh skiing of like trying to you know, ride the most gnarly terrain and and be this top level skier she just wants to have it as a recreational pursuit enjoy going out with her family and, and, and do it that way, which that's most of us. Right. Um, but as we started breaking, breaking it down, she's like, I don't really understand Corey. And, and, uh, but then together, cause Melanie is just so good at biomechanics and, and movement and understanding it. And basically mm-hmm. what it came down to is we realized it wasn't, it, it she hasn't been, um, putting, l- Proper loads into her workout. So she's been doing a lot of peloton spinning on the bike, uh, which, yeah, it strengthens the quads, but it's a different type, right? It's more, that's more like, like, you know, cardio fitness. And, right, right. But she's not swinging kettlebells. She's not, you know, doing back squats. She's not deadlifting. She's not doing a lot of like load weight, weight training, like load bearing weight training. And that Mm -hmm. is super important for stability, like from the, and, and basically what it came down to is she didn't have the, 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 the quad strength, the quad stability. So the, over the course of the day, similar to what we talked about on, you know, actually a few different episodes with you backpacking and those quad muscles got just so locked up so tight that it isolated right to her knee and she lost that, that, that suspension. You know, I talked about that before, right? The muscles that's, Muscle definitely moves the joint, but it's also a shock absorber. And when muscles are contracted and locked up, uh, they don't absorb a lot of the impact, and that impact goes to the joint instead, like the knee. So,
1: three quarters of the way through the day,
0: she just started feeling because I,
1: right? And and I think you know that came on pretty. Yeah, no, I follow what you're saying. It's, um, you know, in backpacking, it usually is like by day two or three after we've been taking a long, a lot of movement on it uh, just throughout the day, and it's usually when it starts to hurt is after two or three days in. Um, it's it's interesting because the pain, you, and that's what's also important is to get properly diagnosed by the doctor because again, I, I was told, you know, that I had some some kind of issue. Uh, with my cartilage or some, some bone rubbing on bone. And, and basically all, I, all of that I believe is wrong because the pain would go away. Like, I, you know, a few days after the trip, I'd be back to normal again. So I'm like, that seems like it's, there's something happening out there. And that's when we kind of discovered it was, you know, it was knee pain, not based on some lifelong uh, injury that I had or, or, you know, just the way I developed, it was simply, I wasn't stretched enough. Those things were tighter than a drum and yeah, they hurt. Yeah, and remember you, you described know, them like guitar strings, like taking a guitar <laughs> string and just <laughs> cranking yeah. down on it until it
0: busts. Yeah. Right? There's a it is, can't be too tight, it can't be too loose for it to be yeah. harmonious. So same thing with the muscles. There is a optimal zone. If we go, fo- you know, too far one way, we become hypermobile. But if we don't load enough the muscles and the joints, we don't have that stability, and that's why why I'm such a big fan of something like CrossFit because it's, you know, from a fitness methodology and I'm not talking about competitive CrossFit because that's a whole other beast, but from a a cross training perspective, physical preparation, you're really focusing on the different zones of aerobic, anaerobic fitness and, and the strength aspect, the stability. So, you know, you're going to find, uh, you're going to be doing a lot of posterior, you know, posterior chain work, like doing compound lifting squats, deadlifts, but you're also going to be doing a lot of volume with, um, stuff like box jumps or, um, you know, more of the body movement type stuff, which, you know, that's, that's the thing we have, you have to address stability first. So that's more strength, right? That's more, let's say lower rep range, but then, you also have to address the, you have to have durability. You have to have the stamina in the muscle. So you can't just focus on, on just having a strength program where you're, you're getting your quads and your hamstrings and your glutes really strong. Because if you put a backpack on 40 pound pack and you do a seven day long trip, um, by day three, day four, the quads haven't had that sort of stimulus, right? They've, they've squatted, you know, 225 pounds and you can do that. No problem. But carrying 40 pounds for three, four days straight on uneven terrain, they, you haven't had that sort of like that, that frequency, that volume. So it's important to sort ah. of look at, you know, okay, what is the muscle stimulus going to look like when I'm in the mountains, when it comes to skiing, going back to skiing, there's a lot of load. There's a lot of like torsion and a lot of just uh impact on the knees, the hips and then and, and the ankles, so we have to mimic our training and do things that are really going to like strengthen and train those those areas up. Uh And volume is one well, of those. I got you, and I and I'd imagine to
1: going into a typical gym, let's say just a regular gym like they used to be for years and years, which are still around. I mean, all the you know they're usually inexpensive yeah. You have a membership, but it, it's just that the you know there's what there's what are the primary things? There might be bikes, there might be treadmills, uh, for cardio, uh, and then maybe you've got weights, some leg, some leg machines, but you know, you can't, like you're saying, you can't get that simulation in those, uh, you can build up strength, but you can't, get, you, you won't get the volume and simulation of what you're talking about in the back country.
0: Yeah, no, it's, um, you know, you, if you know what you're doing, you could utilize a globo gym, um, but you know, I always tell my clients like CrossFit's got his, <laughs> there's definitely things that I don't like about CrossFit, but from a methodology, from a physical preparation, uh, there's a reason right. why special operators and SEAL teams and, and have picked up this training program because it works and, and it it's very, very effective. So I, you know, I tell people like, if you're not into the whole CrossFit thing, the community, you know, go get a membership for six months or a year and learn how to properly back squat, learn how to properly, you know, basically do all the movements and kind of learn programming because that's what people forget with, uh, and this is a shameless CrossFit plug. They're not, <laughs> they're not endorsing us, but or sponsoring us, but you, you, yeah, the, the membership is a little bit more than your, your typical gym, but you're also getting programming, you're getting coaching with that. So Yeah, and that's uh, so important. Like that it's is so a, important. That's key. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and you know, I don't belong to a CrossFit gym. I'm not a member, but you know, the time that I spent there it was I learned proper movement and I learned how to properly, you know, train and physically prepare for competition. And get my body, you know, to the basically strong and ready condition. So, anyways,
1: and I feel uh, and I feel like that's what i have done with backpacking. Though it's like the same thing. It's like I knew specifically my knee problem. I sought out a guy, uh, believe it or not, on YouTube, who's uh, I believe he's a physical therapist. I know he's 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 trained in the field, but he was specific about climbing you know, training and climbing uh, with backpacking and the movements that would work specifically for knee pain. And so I sought that out. And I have to say, I mean, up and down Whitney was probably the worst uh, amount of time that I could have spent. I know it was the max time I've ever spent on my feet. Um, And I came down with absolutely no knee pain. So I know those exercises work. And I I was shocked that I was like, okay, this is no longer a problem for me anymore. So yeah, if you can get the find the movements, and that's programming, that's coaching. If you can find someone who trains that, um, yep, yeah, learn and, how to. And by and the way, that's Chase, that's Chase. Chase Mountains Mountain. on. Uh, yeah, Chase Mountain on YouTube. He's got some. Pro, he's got some uh, online course stuff, so you can you can do that. You can learn that for specifically for backpacking.
0: We got to get Chase on the show. We, I know we've um, tried a couple times. We had I think we had him lined up, and something fell through. So. Yeah, he's, he's tough guy
1: to get. He's he's in like Spain now. He was he's tra- he's he's tra- he's a traveler. <laughs>
0: um, one thing that also came to mind is uh, pay attention to your body. If you start feeling knee pain on the mountain, and you have the means to stop for the day, if you're backpacking or skiing, um, like listen to it. Don't push it. Um, if you have to, you have to. Uh, but yeah, don't 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 push through it because your body's trying to tell you something and then i also well, and, wanted and to I, go ahead mike yeah
1: no i agree and i and i think even to add to that is to rewind days before months before you got you went out there had you trained, had you, or is this one of those seasons where, you know, I didn't get much training in, but I'm going to go for it because I'm excited, which I, that would be me. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. But <laughs> if you rewind and you get injured and you can look back it's like, yeah, I didn't train for this. I didn't prepare for this. I was eating whatever I wanted. I didn't exercise, you know, and then you, you can add yeah. it all up and go, yeah, that's why I'm sitting here right now.
0: Yeah. It's that, that hindsight is always twenty twenty. 20, like breaking things down. It's really effective when it comes to the, to health and wellness. <laughs> You you it's and all, I do that all the time. Like, where we're like, yeah, I, I knew I should have drank
1: water before I went into that sauna for 45 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> but we've done it. You know, we've we've put ourselves in a lot of places where we're like, yeah. Oh, uh, dude! I'm thinking back. You know.
0: Yeah, you have to. I mean, I I enjoy it. I'm in the middle of it right now. I've been experimenting with um, some new new products, and uh, with some some liver pushes and detoxes, and trying to really understand you know, how to effectively detox and use the sauna. Um, but let's just say I'm trying to get the dosing right. And there's been some funny, <laughs> I got some funny stories. <laughs> we'll save but that that's for, part of the journey. It is. It's, you know, because you know, when that, you
1: find something, once you get it dialed in and you get it to work right, then you're like, ah, yeah, this is, this is, you know, but there's that experimentation yep. period.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there is an experimentation. Well, so now we talked
1: about... Did you talk so now we've talked about we haven't really talked about Melanie fully, right? You're still into the Ski Patrol.
0: Well, basically injury, Yeah, or? I wanted to I kind of wanted to wrap it up. So, you know, basically, yeah. um uh Julie Ski Patrol, you know, she blew out her, her MCL. So she's on she's our you know, she was in surgery basically the next day. Um mm. and so if you are in that situation, you have a, a recent MCL or ACL tear and you're you're just getting out of surgery. Um, you're going to want to find a a good massage therapist. I I think that's probably the most important part of your recovery other than, um, your, your, your PT. So make sure your PT and your massage therapist are communicating with each other. Um, effective communication with, with both practitioners really ensures the best outcome. So, Uh, In Julie's case, it's nice because we have a great partnership with Peak Physical Therapy here in town, uh, Janelle Day, um, and their team over there. So uh, I know we'll have Julie back on the mountain real quick just because of uh, that whole integrative approach. So massage therapy is big, though. Mm. Make sure you're addressing especially the local area around the not just the incision, but, you know, really addressing the quads and the hamstrings and, and making sure that you're bringing balance back to the whole body. Because, uh, ah. uh, there tends to be a lot of focus to the injured area, but right. what I tend to see is, yes, there's definitely some stuff going on soft tissue wise to the injured area, but it's typically more of, uh, it's the, the compensation. So it's the, the rest of the musculature that sort of compensates for that injury. Uh, and I'll give you an example because I see this a lot, um, with ankle breaks, uh, people break their foot. They get put in a boot. One of the really common uh, symptoms or side effects of being in a boot is they start getting calf cramps, and that's because they're not getting uh, that plantar and dorsiflexion, that up and down movement of their foot, and their Achilles tendon is static and it stays sort of in this like uh, um, you know um, static position. And eventually mm. that gastroc solus muscle just start cramping up because it's not getting that, it sort of shortens up if, because when you're, when you push your foot all the way down, you fully extend it, um, that shortens the, uh, that shortens the Achilles tendon and then the opposite. So anyways, not getting basically movement in that uh, Achilles tendon can really cause some issues and cramping in the, in the calf. So, you know, I will, uh, I'll always ask that when someone's in a boot. Like you've been having calf cramps and they're like, Yeah, how'd you know? <laughs> so
1: Dude, that's crazy. Like I'm realizing if you're a mountain athlete now, I mean, if you like to go into the mountains on a regular basis or you're training for anything, you have to know some things about body mechanics and how to listen to your body and and to get some expert programming if you love to do those things because the body is so complex and and you know, I just yeah, that's an interesting. Well, and let's really face it, some
0: of action sports is hard on the body, and that's why, right? Mike and I talk about longevity. Like, if you want to do this and you want to enjoy it for into you know forties, fifties, sixties, and seventies, and and even beyond, you have to do things uh, outside of your actual mountain pursuits, um, cross training. Oh my gosh, nutrition. Dude. You
1: all just maybe you. You made me think of a post. Your dad Your dad just did a post about, a, I don't know, I saw about a week or two ago. And he said, uh, you know, as I'm, I'm getting older now, he goes, I wish I would have backpacked more. Like, I I'm, I'm wishing I would have done more. And I was like, oh, dang. And I'm thinking, I, I hear, that. I totally get it. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, here we are trying to, ma- you know, extend that period of time for I want to be able to go into the mountains one more time. So that's kind of part of our experience here is, is just trying to figure out ways to extend that ability to keep going out there.
0: That's a great place to end it. I, that's, that's perfect. Um, so we got a few announcements. Uh, as you heard up front, we are super stoked for, uh, our new mountain wellness dispensary through Wellivate. Um, I'm freaking fired up about it. So I've been using the platform oh, yeah. here at the recovery den with my uh, athletes and clients for coaching. Uh, so Welllevate is a practitioner platform for, for clients and uh, clients, patients, and their practitioner. Um, but uh, we basically have access to the top performance and medical-grade supplements. And uh, so anything that Mike and I talk about on the show... In regards to supplements, that will now all be available as far as protocols and products on our Mountain Wellness Dispensary. So you just, all you gotta do is hop over to our website and right in the menu, there's a dispensary tab. Dude, I was so stoked about this because
1: we did, you did a test on me. You know, you had me go and fill out, it's really simple, but just fill out the little, uh, what do you call it? The, uh, it's kind of the sign up form. Yeah. Uh, and but what I loved about it is you can download an app to your cell phone. So whenever I needed something, all I would have to do is pull it up, go, "Oh, I need some natural calm." Click on it and boom, it was done and it, and it just made it so the app made it so efficient uh, cuz supplements, you know how complicated it can get. And so I yeah, love it gets the way really, it's working right now.
0: Dude, I and I've gotten that feedback from all of my my clients and athletes uh from the practitioner side, it's amazing because I can put if I'm and, and also this is part of the announcement, we're offering remote coaching. Um, so if you're interested in remote coaching, shoot us an email at info at mountainwellness.life and we can get you going there. Uh, but if you are an athlete or a client, and I'm coaching you, this is an amazing platform because it allows me to uh, do my consultation, do my session, and then anything that we talked about. From the actual supplementation to protocols, from dosage to uh, timing, uh, duration, all that. um, I can uh, send direct recommendations and protocols straight to your app or to your email. Um, And then Mike, as you mentioned, uh, Dropship. So same, basically, uh, uh, no difference to, to Amazon. I think I ordered something yesterday and I had it like within... Uh, I had it the next day, the next evening, and I'm out in Montana, so pretty stoked on that. Wow! Anyways, if I'll, you're yeah, interested totally. in that, uh, that's available on our website, and uh, it's over uh, in the menu tab. Just click on the dispensary. You got anything <laughs> mysterious? Yeah, uh...
1: <laughs> uh, I'm just stoked about the website. I think you did a, f- a fantastic job on. Uh so many parts of it. I mean, because there's a lot to it. I mean, we have videos, we have the dispensary, you have your yoga calendar. There's, you know, it's just a lot coming. So it's just, uh, it's it's um, awesome to see everything we've done in the, and over the years, all in one place.
0: That's exactly uh, that's it. Another. I'm like, just seeing, because our, our website right now, well, not now, when this podcast is released, you guys will be able to head over and check out the new website at mountainwellness.life. But, um, yeah, it's like, you see the tribe, you see the heartbeat, you see the community, it's there. It's like, uh, we're pretty stoked to have everything in the same place. Yeah. That's going to grow by leaps and bounds. I'm sure. Yep. So now I don't have to fumble over remembering class schedules, <laughs> which brings me to the, the next announcement. Um, we, uh, we're up to four, we're offering four yoga classes now. Um, a week. We have three. What do we have? Three morning. No, two evening classes and two morning classes. Um, and you can find our class schedule on the website as well. Uh, we have a breathwork class uh, once a week on Friday mornings, and then we have a intro to performance breathwork class coming up the last weekend of March. And I don't have that date off, like in front of me right here, but last Saturday in March. Um, so if that's something you're interested in and you're in the Helena area, uh, we'd love to have you. There's limited spots. We only have eight spots available. I really want to keep it, keep it, uh, um, minimal as far as uh, athletes that are going to be participating. Cause I want to put a, a strong focus on that one-on-one coaching, but you'll learn mm-hmm. basically the, the, the intro to performance breath work, intermittent hypoxic, uh, training, um, the importance of, um, CO2 tolerance, um, proper, basically mechanics, breathing mechanics, and so uh, that'll be a about a two hour class. Lunch provided. Um, so if you're interested, uh, you can shoot us an email at info at um, mountainwellness life. Um, or I think, dude, Joe I'm totally have, interested. Yeah, right. <laughs> we got to get do. you out I'm here. There like, oh, you go. Got to get you out here to coach oh, it, man. bro. <laughs> oh, man. I love it, and I would also throw out there if you're interested in hosting Mike and I for a performance breathwork uh, workshop. And I haven't talked to Mike about this, but I know that <laughs> he he's not going to hesitate. Um, shoot us an email as well, info at mountainwellness. and we'd love to love to come to your gym or your training facility and uh, show you guys uh, our methodology and our approach to breathwork which brings us to our last announcement. We are really close. I know we've been talking about the, the online training course for breathwork. Um, it is being, it's, it's, it's ready. Uh, Mike has been working his ass off getting this, um, everything dialed in. It's, it's uploaded to the platform. We're just finishing up the final details. Um, so expect that probably, uh, honestly in the next, what, four to six weeks, Mike, something somewhere around yeah, there for sure. Okay. Yep, I'm grinding. Um, yeah, And you guys will understand once you get this course uh, what I'm talking about. Uh, Mike has been grinding, and I can't wait to, to bring this to you guys. So that about wraps up the announcements. Unless you got anything else, my mountain brother? No, nah, man, that's it. Got a lot going on. Sweet. Well, hop over to our website, check it out, mountainwellness.life. And uh, we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Spending that mountain stoke. Peace for you in the mountains.
1: The information provided on the Mountain Wellness podcast is for educational purposes only and not a substitute for professional medical advice. You should always consult a medical professional or healthcare provider if you're seeking medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment.